Good morning, beautiful Survivor friends. How are you? This is Karina, and I am the host and creator of this great podcast, Stroke Surviving the Odds. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Out of millions of podcasts out there on your platforms, you decided to stop on mine. And I want to thank you personally and tell you how grateful I am for you. Like I said, my name is Kravina. I suffered a brainstem dissection in March of 1999. I was 25 years old at the time. I was in a coma and in a locked-in syndrome. For those of you who don't know what a locked-in syndrome is, it's when your whole body and all your bodily functions are paralyzed except for your eyes, your ears, and your brain. So people would ask me questions and I would answer yes and no by my eyes by clicking yes or no. The goal of my podcast is very simple. Empower, inspire, and give hope that there is plenty of life to live after stroke. So what do you guys say that now we're going to go answer the questions of my fellow listeners. I have Chrissy Matthews from Buffalo, New York asking, how long did it take to get out of survival mode? The only time I think of myself as a survivor is when I talk about it. I'm past being in survival mode now and I thoroughly enjoy life. That is what Chrissy is asking, how I got out of survival mode. You know what? That is a very good question. I don't know. I don't know if we ever get out of survival mode. I honestly can say that I don't really want to because it's the side of me that is so resourceful and uh, independent and strong and resilient. But I can tell you that I, by learning to let go, I have gotten out of that survival feeling. I've, I've become who now I am, right? Um, I always compare that we have a prior self before the stroke and we become somebody else. And we keep the essence of who we were, but we become somebody else with new affinities, new likes, complete different things. Maybe you're the complete opposite of what you were before the stroke, and it's okay. I've often explained that um, in my past, in my first marriage, um, with my family, I was in a tug of war where they wanted the old Karina to come back and I was fighting to become the new Karina and I was constantly stuck between the two. So like I said, I don't think that the survival mode ever leaves and I don't think I wanted to leave, but um, I wanted the comfort and I did what I had to get to have that mental ease And I found that the only way that I actually got that mental ease 
Excuse my... <laughs> I said mental ill. Oh, my Lord. The only way I got that mental ease is by letting go, by accepting what is, and by taking action towards today. And I have to agree with Chrissy that I don't really think of myself as a survivor anymore, uh, a stroke survivor anymore, because it's part of me. It's part of who I am. I remember there was a time where I would think, can I do this? Can I kneel down? Can I get on my knees and pick up something from the floor? Um, I, every, every single thing, every banality in my life, I was questioning. So I want you to know that if that's you, you're totally normal. And if not, well, I guess I'm cuckoo also. <laughs> but seriously, there was a time of my life where I was really, really like worried and wondering, am I doing the right thing? And now it's just part of me to be careful, to watch my position, to make sure my feet are grounded on the floor, to make sure I don't have a twisting motion in my back. Uh, when I need to go on my tippy toes, I make sure there's something solid next to me that I can hold on to, to stabilize myself. These are things for me. So you see what I mean by survival mode for me? The physical survival mode has always been easier. We adapt. We are humans. This is what we do. We adapt according to circumstances. But the survival mode, the emotional survival mode, was much longer for me. And from what I hear this week, this past week with my clients, it's what a lot of people out there are feeling. So again, if that's how you're feeling, your emotions are completely off whack and you're re you're in a really dark place i want you to know that you are not alone um it definitely can be healed it definitely can be reversed but it takes time it's not something that we can take a magic pill and boom be okay the next day it's, it's not like that it's a long process you have to be willing to do the work to do the inside work like I said, the physical stuff is easy because that's what we do. We adapt. I can be there and I'm going to give you tricks on how to live around the house, example, and hacks of how to make things comfortable for you as far as um, on the physical. But emotionally, you need to really reflect. And that survival mode for me took a good, I, I'm not kidding here, and I don't want to discourage anybody, but I had a very heavy baggage before the stroke. Um, those of you who don't know me, who is the first time you're listening to me and you are wondering what kind of baggage I'm talking about, go right ahead. I want you to listen to my episode uh, the story of my resilience. It's, um, if my memory stands correct, is number season two, number 17 or 18. Go right ahead. And I'm not even sure if that's a number, but I know it's season two. 
so because i have such a heavy i i i had such a heavy baggage behind me the survival mode uh, the emotional and psychological survival mode was very long and tedious. It took me a good 20 years to heal from that. And I worked very hard. And, and I spent most of my life with different therapies for different things that happened. But you know what? Today, I am not in an emotional survival mode. Let's be fair, I'll say 80% of me is not on an emotional survival mode and 20% of me is. Again, I don't think that we completely heal and I don't think that it would be healthy to completely heal. I don't know about you, but I don't want to forget my story. I don't want to forget where I come from. I don't want to forget what brought me here to you today. Because if I did not have all these things happening to me when I was younger, and if I did not have the stroke, I would not meet you. I would not have this podcast. I might have another podcast, but not this one. And I don't know about you, but I don't want another podcast. This is the one I want. This is the one that means so much to me. My mission, my love. I, I, I think I've told you before. I come from a place of love and a place of service. That is me. I thought that by taking care of other people all my life, that it was actually helping me, right? It was making me feel better. It's what I want. It's what I love. But guess what, guys? That's not how it works. You have to think of yourself first. It's not selfish to think of yourself first. It's selfish to forget about yourself. So Chrissy from Buffalo, New York, who wants to know how long it took me to get out of survival mode, physical survival mode, and emotional survival mode a good 20 years, on and off, working very hard, but damn, it was worth it. Damn, it was worth it. Spring is here, and there are so many things that you're going to be wanting to do within the next few months. And you seem to be paralyzed by fear. One of the most common ones is that people are afraid of water. Therefore, they will not go swimming. So I can tell you this, that by saying I was always afraid of such and such, and in this case, I was afraid of water before my stroke, imagine now. It means that you're carrying baggage from your pre-life, your prior life. Is that something that you really want to do? Or is that something that you would like to maybe make a little bit better, more enjoyable for yourself? So stay tuned with me today at Spoke Surviving the Odds, where we are going to be talking about managing our fears post-stroke. Jeff Anguri from Colorado asked me an interesting question. He said, what brings you the most fulfillment today, right now? 
And it's funny because if you had asked me that question 24 years ago, I would have said the obvious thing. Seeing my daughter grow up, she's always been my number one. Uh, I was married at the time. Of course, I loved my husband and my in-laws. I honestly did. They were amazing. But my daughter's always been my number one. If I think about today, my daughter is 25. She's a big girl. She does her own thing. She has her own life. She knows that mom's always there if she needs me. But honestly, what brings me the most fulfillment at this very moment it's it's you guys it's having my podcast being a coach having founded a support group that i'm committed to every monday to helping people around the world talk about things that they are they can't things that might be taboo so what brings me the most fulfillment is being there Because in the intro of my podcast, I often say, by helping others, I actually help myself. You guys keep me grounded. You keep me real. You remind me of where I've been. Don't laugh, but it's very true because for years I've been in survival mode I've had plenty of beautiful years and beautiful memories and whatnot along the way don't get me wrong it wasn't all rainbows and chocolate but it was also not always thunderstorms you got that Um, but right now in my life I feel like in the morning when I get up I love my life I love my apartment I look forward to what I'm going to pick up as an episode or who am I going to talk to today. So, Jeff, you're one of my clients. You're one of my uh, good friends that join me on my Monday meetings. We are a group, guys. Please, I'm going to put the link in the description of this show. Uh, our epi- our uh, Monday afternoon meetings are from 1 to 1.40. They're very short. 1 to 1.40 Eastern Standard Time. And it's really as if we're a bunch of friends sitting around the table and just talking. There's so much structure in the world. And so many things that we have to be politically correct about and do in a certain matter and this and that in the meeting all i want is mutual respect and i want everybody to feed off the love of everybody if you want to join in the meeting and you don't want to talk no problem we have people like that too no problem we love having you there just say hi and bye and that's good for us So I'm going to be linking the information in the description. I think that my last question for today, uh, this question is from Emma Warren. And um, it really embodies in the sense that It resonates. It's something that I've heard time and time again in the last week. It's how sad, 
how sad and you get and how to get rid of that sadness because it becomes crippling and it becomes scary even because you start having dark thoughts maybe and how to get rid of sadness that was the question of Emma unfortunately there is no magic pill there is no magic pill out there that is gonna make you happy uh, maybe instantly you're gonna be happy for a little time but are you really gonna be t happy after stroke we are looking for happiness in our life happiness in our hearts in what's going on in our activities we feel fulfilled we feel happy you know at the beginning when I mentioned how um, I talked about a lot of things since the beginning you see I have I have stroke brain right now and the only thing that comes up to me right now that's that I want to say it was about to stop overthinking when I said to maybe stop feeding the beast and the more we talk about a problem the more we anchor it into place maybe it's me practicing a little tough love with you I'm not like that in session I have immense like like I said I wish I could take your pain away and I can't and a part of it of me I guess was being tough with myself but the more you talk about being sad, the more you talk about being depressed, the more you're going to be. I promise. But when you start changing your language pattern, I'll give you an example. I went to the neurologist. I go there twice a year and I just go for regular checkup in the spring and in the fall. I am 70% um, back, if you will and 30% will remain uh, disabled with limitations. It is my choice. When I talk to people, when people ask me, it is my choice and I never talk about my disability. I am 70% healed. I don't know if it makes sense, but I always emphasize the positive. You see, even when I was in the hospital, even when I was in the hospital, and people were like, oh, poor Karina, this and that. And of course, you know, it's devastating, but in my little brain, it was like, why not me? And it could be worse, or it could be better. Let me ask you, when I tell you it could be worse, what do you think? But if I, if I tell you it could be better, what do you think? So basically what I'm saying is the exact same thing in two different ways of saying it. When we talk about worse, we automatically think we are low vibing. We automatically think of negative. But when we say it could be better, the word better implies that there's something obviously better. There's something positive at the end of the, at the end of it, right? Worse is negative, 
better is positive. So it's all in the way that you choose to speak. There are no magic pills to stop sadness, but, and I can't do anything. I, I never, never promise anything to help physically, but I, I do promise you this, that if your mind and your emotion are both aligned, your body is going to follow. I just finished telling you that when I'm stressed, or, 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 yeah, I'm stressed for something. I become extremely spastic on my left arm. In the, where it hurts, under my arm, it hurts. So why am I gonna allow myself to be in pain like that? Why not think of something realist, but on the positive? I'm 70% disabled. So all I want to do with my podcast is make people aware, aware of of what's going on, aware of your emotions, aware of your thought pattern and your language pattern. Pay attention to that. Maybe journal it. Write it in a journal. That way it won't be stuck inside of you and it's going to be out there. And at some point you are going to stop being so sad. From so sad to sad to not sad. You see, it's going to get better and better and better. One month, one year. It it could be one day, of course. Okay? But until you've tried everything, don't give up. Just don't give up. Please, don't give up. Okay? I'm here to give you hope. If I can do it, you can too. So, I hope that these little uh, questions from my listeners uh, were uh, of a little bit handy for you. And uh, I love doing this. This is very, um, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, I enjoy talking with you guys. And um, I love you very much. You've been listening to Stroke Surviving the Odds, the podcast. And I will talk to you very soon. Bye.